All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. This is the 43rd episode of the show show. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow is the one year anniversary of episode one. No way! Of the of the Game of Thrones episode that we put up. But I was wondering that. I thought it was in May. You think that because we put up two episodes really early and then we took an immediate hiatus to backlog a bunch of episodes. Okay, right. But this is where I'm confused, Slaney, because we've got 43 episodes in 52 weeks mm-hmm. and we took like five weeks off at the beginning. Yeah. So how did we get this many episodes? Because We're, we definitely took other weeks off throughout the year. There was, I think we, I think we might've done two episodes one time. We did a new year's episode. But I think yeah. that just counted as our... No, we released that on... Did we do two that week? I think we did. Because I think we, we released one on the Saturday and then one that Tuesday. Right. Or and Wednesday? I recorded an episode solo without you here once, but right. it didn't count towards the tally. So if you include uh, that, it's actually like 44. 44 weeks. Huh. Still, I'm pretty impressed with us. Yeah, I was... I was wondering that because I kind of thought it was going to happen in May and we were going to get to 52 and I didn't know how that was possible, but no, we won't quite get there, but we'll get there in June. Yeah. Once we do, once we get to 52, I'll consider that like, whoa, that's a big milestone, a full full year. Yeah. I, that was originally my, my goal was let's get to 52, 52 episodes of a show. Mm -hmm. I mean, the goal that I set for myself. Then you're over it. And then I'm gonna hang up the old uh, the the old cans. Hang up the old microphones. Yep. You've seen all the TV you need to see. Exactly. I have. I feel like I've watched way more than I would have otherwise. And lots of things that you otherwise wouldn't have watched. Yeah, definitely. I'm How gonna sneeze. You, uh, go ahead. Huh? They used to have sneeze and cough buttons in old radio stations. <laughs> Bless you. Uh, sneeze re- and cough button, which was just a mute button, basically. Yeah, but it was just it a just mute did button. for like three but, seconds. But it was labeled sneeze, like if you were going to... Because back in the day, you would be on the microphone for a lot longer than 45 seconds. So it's very conceivable that some dust would get up in there in what, that time. What would you be doing for 45 seconds? Uh, For more than 45 seconds? Yeah. Just doing like, I, I, I think that the talking restrictions were just more lax because there wasn't all this research about how people don't want to hear a, don't hear jock talk. Right. Okay. And back in the day, people did want to hear jock talk. You know, that guys. was how they got their news. Well, news and they had these like, uh, this kinship with their radio announcers. Right. That's how, how there's grown to be these old timey radio announcer legends mm-hmm. that doesn't really exist very often anymore. That's true. Even, even like the, the most popular mainstream radio host who's like ryan seacrest if you listen to his show he's just doing like back sales yeah you know and the occasional selena gomez interview right that's always just selena gomez yeah nine times out of ten i think it's selena gomez um who is the most famous okay so it's like stern and seacrest really are the two most famous radio stern announcers is right the now. king of all media he's the greatest radio announcer of all time did you know rick campanelli's doing mornings on the edge yeah i didn't know that he's I, doing it for about a year i did not know that until the other day when yeah. i was on the edge website i was like rick campanelli rick the temp imagine working in a studio and rick the temp just walks down and you're like whoa i know and i've only heard that he's a very nice guy and i've met fred kennedy and he's a very nice guy too but oh, i yeah? always am wary when they try to form a new exciting morning show involving two big personalities and i don't know necessarily that rick the temp is a big personality but he has had a lot of success in canadian broadcast yeah and so 
given that it was Fred's show first, how will Fred feel having to share the spotlight with much music star? Mm. He seems versa? like like a relatively egoless guy, though, doesn't he? Rick? No, Fred. Fred. I mean, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, it's I, hard. I don't listen to this. I've never listened to him. I he might know. be a, an entirely egoless guy, except for that he's on an alt-rock radio station where he kind of has to impose this idea that he's very macho and... Although not really, Macho's not really the right word because he's like a comic book nerd, but like he's a guy's guy, you know? Yeah, okay. That's my A guy's guy who might be like vegan and allergic to soy. I don't think he's those things. I don't think he's like the George Strombolopoulos guy's guy. No? Okay. That's, see, yeah, that's a good example. Yeah, Strombo makes up for it by like riding Harleys. And yeah, and having tattoos and listening to like r- hardcore music. I don't even know what Strombo is doing besides having big bands come over to his house to play free shows yeah. every week. Yeah. <laughs> is he doing the show anymore? Well, he does the Strombo show on Sunday nights. Okay, but that's he, still happening. But I don't know how much money he makes from doing what's basically just like a weekly Strombo podcast slash playlist. You know what? Maybe he's kind of like like mildly depressed right now. He doesn't seem it. No. Based on his like, con- con- like constant Instagram updates. Oh, okay. He seems to be having a blast. And he probably made some very good coin doing Hockey Night. Right. And and them letting him go probably gave him more money for yeah, less maybe. work, too. <laughs> maybe, but I loved his television talk show, The Hour, and then it became Strombolopolis Tonight. I thought he was so fabulous but, at that. But you don't like it anymore? It hasn't been on in years. He left it to do Hockey Night. Oh, so what's the Sunday night thing? The Strombo Show is a CBC2 radio show. Oh, a, no, I thought he was doing the TV show No, still. no, That's has, it hasn't been about. on since he went to Rogers. I was going to say, I, I didn't think I saw a commercial for that. No, 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 no. I, w- I would love to, to be able to keep up with that. And if he were doing that, I'd be less worried about him. Yeah. But no, he just does, and it's... He does all of his taping from his house, and that's partly why these bands come over to his house, right? Because they tape the show there. So when he has right. Dallas Green come over, they do an interview in his living room. Yeah, people um, love Strombo, I think they do. And he just like makes this two-hour MP3, and he drop boxes it over to the CBC, and they air it on Sunday night. That's which is amazing. pretty amazing. Yeah, and you listen to that very often? Not that often. No. I really wish it was a podcast, right? But there might be so can restrictions. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um. Uh, what was I going to say about CBC Strombo? Ah, I totally forget. I once the SoCast restrictions thing came in, I lost my train of thought. Well, as long as we're talking about CBC, should mm-hmm. we address what we didn't last week, which is that Gian Gameshi came back with a podcast? Sure, let's address that. And another uh, piece of shit, Kevin O'Leary, not getting the uh, leadership of the Conservative Party. He dropped that's, out. That's sweet. I know. That's... Did you hear? Uh, and kind of a combination of those two things, Wob Canoe is uh, running for leadership of the NDP. Oh, wow. Did you hear about this? No, but that's cool. Yeah. I, I see that. I, I don't can, know if it... I can visualize that. I don't that. know if it's specifically just out west, but I saw at least one article about it. Interesting. Yeah. No, I did not see that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I thought you were going to combine Kevin O'Leary and uh, Gian Gomez. <laughs> no, say I guess about, say something about Bill O'Reilly. I was really just combining politics and CBC into Wab Canoe. Right. No, I get it. That's really cool. Yeah, Gomez's podcast is just—it's not even really a podcast. Like he used to open the original Q show on CBC with this kind of highfalutin, hoity-toity, 
rhythmic essay mm -hmm. over like a beat and he would talk about like current affairs and it would have the occasional rhyme in it <laughs> and, his, okay. and his velvety voice i'm dead for, serious for a little hook yeah it would always like the last line would always be i'm giangameshi and this is q so he would be like blah 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 but that's overdue i'm giangameshi and this oh, is q it was so really? fucking lame yeah that is uh, and so he's doing that again his whole podcast is just like a five minute version of q because he can't get guests because how right. could he and he just does these little essays on iTunes. Interesting. It's called the Ideation Project, with it, which is also pretentious. So what's he ideating? Like, the Ideation Project, like, kind of implies that he's coming up with ideas. Yeah. Uh, the first one was called Exiles. And so it... When you think Giangameshi in the term exile, your mind immediately goes in one direction. But it's <laughs> actually about Syria and... Um, I mean, border walls, I guess. I guess if there's a political bias to it, it's probably left-leaning. Right. Because he's, like, of Persian descent, and um, he probably has largely liberal politics. But you can't help but acknowledge the idea of exiling somebody. Right. In terms of the Giangameshi context. Sure. As this guy who was once at the king of Canadian media who now cannot get a job in Canadian media that isn't a free one on the internet. Right. I wonder if he'll get any sponsors or anything. Who would they be? I don't know. I mean, even the host site that was like, like his version of Squarespace or whoever was like hosting the feed got, dropped him. Got hate mail. Really? Yeah. yeah They're like, nah. Oh God. Wow. I wonder if he'll kind of ever bounce back. I had a, I had a tweet that got like 20 likes, which is a lot, a lot for sure. low me. Um, I said, I wonder if the Best Buy employee who sold Giangameshi his podcast mic felt sick to his stomach after. <laughs> that is good. I also liked your tweet today about how you got cut off by a car. <laughs> oh no, they they actually allowed you to go and stopped when they had the right of way, and you yelled what? I yelled, I can take care of myself. <laughs> <laughs> it was, was a real moment. I realized after the fact that it was ridiculous. I pictured you doing it, be like, I can take care of myself. Well, and then driving just, away. It's so frustrating possibly to me laughing to when people give you the right of way. I know. When they have the right of way. There's a reason we have these rules. I'm definitely going to get my turn. Yeah. And I appreciate the thought. Yeah. But sometimes <laughs> it's not helpful. There was a pedestrian that was waving me into heavy traffic the other day. <laughs> really? And I was like, thank you, but like, no, and she was so like, no, come on. That's come the other on. thing that'll happen. You'll get one guy going one direction who's letting you go, and he's getting impatient that you're not taking the chance. But if you go, the other end of, of traffic is going to nail you. Yeah, yeah. I don't understand people's defensive driving. Nope. No, it's very strange. Yeah, it's kind of offensive. Uh, okay, so while we're on the topic, Bill mm. O'Reilly got fired. Yes. Which is fabulous Did we news. not know that last week? Uh, no, it happened, I think, on the weekend. Oh, okay. I think oh, well, he, he had been like off the air. Right. And now okay. Tucker Carlson has his job and he has his podcast, which he already had, but it's a pay podcast. You have to pay to listen to oh, it. Oh, wow. Yeah, which I'm, is horseshit. No one's going to see behind that paywall. I don't think so. Um, and that's it for annoying media personalities. <laughs> for day one. There's lots of entertainment news, though. Do you want to get to it? Yeah, let's do it. The Game of Thrones cast, the main five. Who are the main five? It would be considered like uh, uh, Jon Snow, who yep. is Kit Harington, Amelia uh, Clark, probably Arya, who is uh, Maisie Williams, Maisie Williams, um, red-haired girl, who would be 
uh, the, girl. the other Snow that was married to Joffrey. Okay. Um, you only get five. She's Arya's like older sister okay. in the show. You would probably know her name. Um, okay. So I'm counting that. Natalie Dormer, is she the redheaded one? Or is she dead now in the show? Uh, She's the, the one with the kind of like Jessica Rabbit face. Yeah, that's Natalie Dormer. Hmm. Um, the mother of Joffrey, who is... I feel like you've listed like 12 people now. No, I'm, I'm on my fourth. Oh, okay. The mother of Joffrey, whose uh, name escapes me, and the her incestuous lover uh the danish guy <laughs> do you like this show anymore I, I like the show i haven't watched it in a year i forget <laughs> all of the characters names i know the snows like aria john um style girl <laughs> i don't actually wow. i totally forget her name all right and uh yeah i would say those are probably the main five whoever the main five are the main yeah. five are going to get paid $2 million an episode in the final season of Game of Thrones. $2 million an episode? $2 million. That's, I mean, it's probably worth it for them. It's totally worth it. It's a huge show. I mean, worth it for the actors to do that. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it just grossly exceeds the highest a person's ever been paid for an episode This of isn't supposed to be the final season or anything, No, it's the it? second last, though, I think. Oh, wow. Because what cool. I heard is that the pending writer strike, which mm. voted 96% in favor of, of striking on Monday... Mm-hmm could really screw up the last season of game of thrones or it could be really good timing to give george rr some more time to finish that goddamn book do you think that there's a conspiracy where that's why the writer's strike is happening just so george rr martin can finish his book the entire wga is striking just to give george some time (laughs) i'd buy it yeah i would too that's media that's that's respect for for a new (laughs) novel series although we've already transcended where he left off with the novels haven't we? that's true we have so I wonder if what he writes next will be previously seen content or if he'll go in another yeah, direction. I don't even know if he writes another book now because he's writing the show. No, he's writing another book. In fact, he promised another that by, Game of Thrones book. Well, he promised the one that's been long overdue. Uh-huh. And like he's had to give away so much of his uh, and he has no shortage on money. But like he's had to give back his whole advance on this novel because he's like two years overdue on this book. Right. Um but he promised at the beginning of 2017, the only two things he was going to do in 2017 are drink tequila and finish the final book. Cool. So. <laughs> and it's just like every chapter will just trail off at the end. <laughs> Gets, they end up in Mexico. And that's yeah. why I hate dogs. They're just in Tijuana <laughs> at the end. The narrator just started talking about how he hates dogs. <laughs> it's a very, very strange turn. <laughs> in Tijuana again. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Powerless got canceled this week. Uh, we just did a podcast on like, two weeks ago. This is the first time that's happened. I, I think, think it is. Where we did a podcast and it got immediately canceled. <laughs> Actually, it hasn't been officially canceled, but NBC has like canceled any further airings of it. Like wow. They've taken the rest of the lineup off the air. I left out some hope for it. I thought, I mean, I thought maybe it had pilot syndrome and that it could shape up. Did you watch... Um... The uh, show last night, uh, what was the one, the, the Tina Fey produced one? Oh, Great News. Great News. Did you watch that? No, but I would like to. I watched a couple episodes of it. It was. It had its moments yeah. of of kind of 30 Rock uh, funniness. Yes. Tracy Wigfield was a writer on 30 Rock. She was also like a writer on uh, the Mindy Project. And is, is she the young with... blonde one from Love? She's not the main, no, that that's the actor in it. Oh, I see. Um, but she revealed is the writer of the show. She's a, yeah, I she's see. the writer of a show, and I guess I don't know if she's acted in anything. 
but you would think she has she kind of looks like uh she has the look of a person who's in those things totally like an annie mumolo do you know what she looks like if you saw her you'd go oh yeah that's her oh yeah but for she sure. wrote bridesmaids and oh okay else. and yeah. and the other thing was um in the show uh uh girl i i couldn't really buy the main girl who was in love okay she was kind of one of the issues for me really yeah you just thought that she was a little far-fetched uh because the premise is i don't know I, she works at a tv news station and her mom comes to work there yeah maybe that was part of it okay i think it was just because she was trying to play the same tina fey kimmy schmidt style character sure okay you think there's overlap between the liz lemon and kimmy schmidt characters no, well... Because one of them is so uh, chipper. and I don't want to say Liz is cynical, but she's definitely beaten down. This is kind of supposed to be a combo of in-between, I think, because okay. she's a new a news broadcaster Stars kind of trying eyes. to make her way yeah. in the world, but is also a little bit cynical. I see. Yeah. The guy who plays like the main uh, TV anchor in that show, I forget the actor's name, but he's like a character actor everybody would recognize. Yeah. Uh, he's in Pitch Perfect, perhaps most famously. He played David Letterman in The is Late it, Shift. Is it Pat Sajak? No, Pat Sajak was the Wheel of Fortune guy. Oh, right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's he's a he's in a bunch of things, this guy that you're talking about. He's always about. worked. Yeah. Yeah. He was all right in it. Cool. I'm definitely going to check it out because I, I always support Tina Fey. Mm-hmm. What else do I have here? Yeah, Poor Powerless. That's unfortunate. <laughs> oh, this is cool. Uh, Sam Esmail, creator of Mr. Robot, yes, writer okay. and director of right, Mr. Right. Robot, is rumored to have been meeting with Disney and is already well underway in writing the Obi-Wan Kenobi standalone screenplay. Whoa. And that's pretty cool. Cause that would make it a dark, cause that's clearly his aesthetic. Mm-hmm. It would be a dark kind of Western sort of wacky thing. The novel that, that already existed and is now decanonized yep. um, was a Western and it was, everybody wants to see you and McGregor come back. Right. Yeah. Have you seen the whole, like, thing about prequel memes now prequel, prequel memes, memes are just is a huge subreddit huge huge subreddit absolutely huge can we talk about some of the amazing subreddits yeah that are out like uh r slash shitty robots i don't know that one do you ever see you've never no. seen these no just robots that are designed to like pour you a cup of coffee but they end up like throwing <laughs> the glass across the room i've seen gifts like that and it's always like the person who's who is a, the person who's supposed to receive the cup of coffee is always going with it like it's a totally normal thing like <laughs> spilling coffee all over its hand just like draw it and then they kind of start laughing in it i'm not aware of the subreddit but it sounds great one of my favorites. my favorite is r slash children falling over <laughs> it's just little kids getting smoked i have not seen that and it's always funny that and it's not you don't you don't watch it like uh is it masochistically is that the word or yeah. should i remove that? Is, that, uh, is that the word yeah yeah if you were a masochist you would take pleasure and yeah you don't it's not that you want to see them get hurt in most cases they're fine but it's they it's always it just looks hilarious it's just hilarious there's uh another one called uh nature is lit af Okay. Do you ever see that? And when you click on the actual subreddit, like there's always flame emojis that it's like, this alligator is, is about to like eat a snake or something <laughs> and it's lit AF. And yeah. then there's just all these fire. But it's like, not doctored, right? It's real nature. Oh yeah. It's actual, like actual gifts. That's cool. Yeah. Reddit's great. I spend so much time on Reddit. There was a, a prequel meme. I think it's, I think it's the most upvoted thing on Reddit history now, just as of a few weeks ago. What? The idea was, it was just a picture of Emperor Palpatine. Yeah. And uh, 
they wanted to upvote it. The idea was upvote this image of Emperor Palpatine so that if you ever Google image the term the Senate, it'll be the first image that appears. <laughs> and it worked. And nice. now it's the most upvoted thing on Reddit. Oh, that's great. He is the Senate. The Senate. Uh, was there anything else you... Yeah, I've got some things. Aaron Moran died. Jo- Joni from Happy Days. Right. She died People on the weekend, and, and Chachi was a dick about it. He, uh, he's because like Ron Howard made a status, and Henry Winkler made a status, and or a tweet, I guess, and 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 uh, what's his name, Scott Bayo, yeah. who were already predisposed to not like, <laughs> yeah, because of thought? recent events. Uh, he said, "Well, if you drink and do drugs, you're gonna die." Oh, did she like OD or something? No, she probably died of cancer. We don't know yet, but she probably uh, died of cancer. That's what they suspect. Really? Now, she has had a checkered past, like sure. a, a substance problem, but not even just that. Like she's, I think she's an alcoholic, but she had a lot of mental health problems. Like she worked a little bit after happy days, but she had lost her little girl cute factor and she couldn't get a job. And she's lived for the last 20 years in a trailer park and like, oh and a dumpy trailer park. Like it's one of the great falls from grace in TV history Yep, because she... I don't know if she's diagnosed, so I shouldn't say what it is, but she had some kind of very severe uh, mental disorder. Okay. Um, and, you know, Chachi was a dick about it. No, thanks to you, Ralph Macchio. That's a different guy. What? Scott Baio. Scott Baio. Ralph Macchio is the karate kid, and he seems really nice. So do we still like Ralph Macchio? Yes. We just don't like Scott Baio. He's got different people. He was, but didn't Ralph Macchio endorse Trump? No. You're thinking of Scott Baio. Scott Baio and Doris Trump. They're different people. Ralph I'm, Macchio is, well, he was in The Outsiders. Oh, I totally believe, yeah, I know, I know all the things he was in, and he's the Karate Kid. And Scott Baio is a dick. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah, no. I need like, to wake up a bit. Right. Ralph Macchio, <laughs> I'm trying to think of like a metaphor, because they are, I see how you can confuse the two guys. Mm-hmm. They kind of have a similar look, and they were both famous, like within a decade of each other. Mm-hmm. Scott Baio could basically be the leader of the Cobra Kai, except, yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to make some sense of it. Just tell me in terms of the Karate Kid, who is who? There is a, um, <laughs> there's a, an ongoing joke in How I Met Your Mother, where Barney. Thanks. Always, always roots for the bad guy. Yes, I do like that. And so he believes the Karate Kid is is Johnny from the Cobra Kai DJ. Is DJ, Dojo, DJ, Dojo, Dojo. I almost said DJ. You got there with a little help from my friends. Okay, Seth Rogen and Billy Eichner. Did you hear about this? No. They're going to be respectively Pumbaa and Timon in John Favreau's live action, The Lion King. Right, but CGI, and it's just their voices. Yeah, but everyone's going to be CGI voiceover, right? right? No one's going to be in a costume. Well, yeah, just when it's live action, I'm like, so... No, you're right. You're, you're right. Seth Rogen's dressing up as Pumbaa. Aesthetically, it's going to appear like live action, but it is CGI. Right. Who was Pumbaa in the original... I don't know. Lion King. I don't know. We know Timon was... Nathan Lane. Nathan Lane. Yeah, it's going to be Billy Eichner, which works. Yeah. Uh, the other person who may or may not be cast in an iconic Disney role for the live action slash slash CGI uh, adaptation, Genie from Aladdin. Did you hear about this? No. Nope. Who would we as a podcast be most disappointed to learn might be portraying the Genie? Oh, um, let me think. I feel like you're leading me toward Will Smith, but I know that's not right. That's who. That's who it is. That's who it is. Really? Yeah. 
Yeah, um, and we don't know for sure. It's not official yet, but the rumor is that he's in talks to play Genie, which I'm actually kind of on board with in spite of not trusting him at all. Right. Because it's such a departure. You don't want to get a guy who like kind of does the Robin Williams shtick. Right. Although I'm still of the mind that it's not impossible to have Robin Williams do it again. That tape exists somewhere. I was going to say, you should be of the mind that that's impossible, Colin. <laughs> Let that dream die. No, but haven't we talked about this before, about how... There's probably so much extra because he just riffed so much. Yeah, like the Aladdin, the original Disney's Aladdin, the animated movie, could not be... It was disqualified from consideration for Oscar screenplay right. because there was it was so different yeah. because of all of his ad-libbing. Yeah. Which means in some vault somewhere, there is like hundreds of hours of tape of Robin Williams improvising roughly the same lines. Right. And... I know it's wishful thinking, but it would be so cool to have a new Robin Williams genie. It would make people cry. I think so, too. Yeah. Maybe that's why they're not doing it. Uh, other other Disney-related news, uh, just kind of like one-offs, and we mentioned Star Wars a moment ago. Star Wars Episode Nine gets a May release date for 2019, okay. so you're not going to have to wait two years between main timeline episodes, just a year and a half. Okay. Indiana Jones gets a release date also for 2019. Yeah. So who do they have doing that Indiana Jones stuff? Uh, well, I don't know who's directing it. Steven Spielberg, I think. Is it Chris Pratt who's going to be in the No, 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 Harrison Ford's coming back. Seriously? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. I don't no, know the, how much the Chris I like Pratt this. thing was always just a rumor. Right. Because he was, like, so hot at the moment. I mean, after Crystal Skull, why do you want to do another? I, I think it's just a cash grab. I don't think it's going to be good. I'm saying it right now. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's It seems like it's not what people want. It's no. not the same as Star Wars. No. Yeah, you're totally right. It's removed. And... Harrison Ford's like still a badass, but he's not an action star anymore. No. I can't really see him in like a motorcycle chase. <laughs> no. Um, and that's He'd it. He'd be in the side Chris care. Pratt, uh, Jurassic World. That's kind of been in talks. Jeff Goldblum has been confirmed to appear in Jurassic World 2. Right. So that's kind of exciting for Jurassic Park fans. The Chris same, Pratt got his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame last week. What do you think of that? Uh, I think, don't you have to like pay for it? Yeah, I mean, the studio who's promoting your movie who wants you to be in the newspaper a lot roughly around when Guardians of the Galaxy is coming out pays the 45 grand to have your star uh, sure. placed I mean, in there. But you also have to fill out an application. Like, you have to qualify. Okay. I can't just raise 45 grand and have a star in the Hollywood Walk of right. Fame. Right. No, I, it, think, I think he's a huge star. And I think yeah. when you look back on it, he like he was in, even in one year, he was in the Lego movie. He was in... Uh, Guardians. Guardians, which was huge, Jurassic, like yeah. bigger than anything else. He was in Parks and Rec, which is very fondly looked upon. Now look, I love Chris Pratt. I just think it's a little premature. I almost associate the Hollywood Walk of Fame, the star, with like a lifetime achievement thing. And that's not exclusively true. Mm -hmm. But like sometimes you hear about like Dustin Hoffman's going to get a star and you're like, well, why didn't Eva have a star already? Sure. And then this guy who's only really been an A-lister for three or four years right, is suddenly, I mean, he is as big as 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 his box office is well donald trump got one on i think just for the apprentice that's the only did he not have one like years before that because he's been sort of famous always because <laughs> if there's one thing he's good at it's his personal brand sure but like going on tv and having interviews i think is a little different from like actually acting and i know he had one line in the little rascals no and... i know but he always just wanted to, be, wanted to be famous. The fame thing really matters. As illustrated by his comments the other day when asked if he 
would be firing Sean Spicer. He said, no, I won't fire Sean Spicer. His ratings are too good. Oh, God. And like that, that, I can't think of a better Trump line that sums up what he's all about. Yeah. It's all just about how, how famous are we right now. Mm-hmm. The yeah. government might shut down in the States. How so? I don't really know what the <laughs> specifics are, but some some personal business dealing meets government dealing is going to like bankrupt the government or something. What? It happened. I don't really know how it works. And bankrupt might be a strong word. I've got a very itchy nose. I apologize. Uh, but I remember like three or four years ago, the Obama administration shut down for like a week also. Do you remember that? Mm, no. All right. <laughs> Sorry. I wish I could like go with you more on that. No, it's okay. I, just don't, I don't know the specifics anyway. I will say uh, Saturday is his 100th day in office. Yep. And that's the day I'm going to the States. Oh, wow. So I'll be there for the big hundo, in Trumpy fl- pants. In Florida. I'm so excited. A state that Could was... be in a red state. Yeah. yeah, in a red state. And the other thing is like, this isn't true of all airports, but it is tradition that when you walk through the terminal uh, into an American airport from another country, which I will do, mm-hmm. uh, the first thing you see is a portrait of the president of the United States. So it's going to be jarring if, if there's a president of, a portrait of President Trump. I don't know You've if I've ever seen an Obama portrait in an American airport. No, maybe it's just too small. We have portraits of the Queen instead. Do we? You've seen those? Yes, I have seen those. Yeah. You're right. But I've also seen those in like people's houses. What do you think of Netflix's new rating system? Because it's not popular. I haven't seen it yet. It really? hasn't taken effect on my version. That's interesting. I still have stars. It's so interesting to me that. Netflix has so many different iterations in terms mm-hmm. of interface. Right. Like every different box, whether it's your PlayStation or your Apple TV or your your uh, your cable box or whatever you might have, mm-hmm. has like a vaguely different Netflix interface. And they're all roughly the same. But if you use a new system, if you use a new console to access your Netflix, you kind of have to take a second to get your bearings. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. But you get used to it. You figure it out. You do. I don't like thumbs up, thumbs down anyway. I think five Why? stars is way better. I just think, like, if I'm going to read, I don't want to, it's essentially a binary system. Yeah. Whereas you could have. It's not essentially a binary system. It's 100% exactly There's a no percentage system. or anything on the thumbs up, thumbs down. Well, is there? Because maybe it's like YouTube and it says 150,000 people liked this, 75,000 didn't. Oh, that, maybe would, that would be okay. That would be all right. That's kind of like Reddit also. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's just going to give you either a thumbs up or a thumbs down. You think it's going to say it? That would be a huge like deterrent it. for most of their content. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's why I wish they just stuck with the star system. Obviously, they've got something, like, they know what they're doing. I guess. Do they? I don't know. The The stock price would say they do. They've been having a good couple of years. Yeah. They're having an all right time. Um, I wanted to mention how much I love The Leftovers this season. Yeah, you sent an email this morning. You were excited because they used Wu-Tang Clan. And, well, that wasn't the only thing. Sorry. I, I was like, kind of in passing looking at it. There were multiple things in it that were just so weird. First of all... Marklin Baker made a cameo as someone who was basically like trying to trying to uh, the backstory. Marklin Baker was a uh, uh, an actor on the show called Perfect Strangers in the like late eighties, early nineties, yep. and in the show, The Leftovers, apparently three of the four main cast members 
were gone. They were, uh, what do they call them? Departures. Okay. And he was the one that, that stayed. So he calls this girl who's the like head of the like false departure, uh, system or whatever. And she's basically like calling people out on their bullshit. When people say, you know, I'm able to, to reach out and, and talk to the people who have departed. Um, she's like, no, you, you haven't here's what's wrong because she lost her entire family so she just think, thinks like once they're gone they're gone like yeah. stop trying to resurrect them so she goes to see Mark Lynn Baker and he tries to sell her on this whole like gamma ray system that basically like this is in the leftovers this is in the leftovers okay this is so a different Mark, show from what I watched so last week Mark Lynn Baker yeah it's it's there's a lot more like strange almost them trying to be so weird that it's funny mm. like you need to listen to the theme song for the newest season. Okay. Because it's like the weirdest cheesy 80s music. That's cool. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it more than anything. Is that a Stranger Things inspired aesthetic? No, because it's more like a, of like a, you know that song, like the man in motion? Maybe if I heard it. That, like, I believe in the man in motion. Man oh yeah. St. almost Fire. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's like that. Yeah. But over the same credits that they had last year so it's almost like they're doing this huge joke and like everything's kind of supposed to be funny but also really weird and at one point in the show the leader of the 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 lady who's in charge of the department services whatever who her whole family went missing she just lifts up her sleeve and has a wu-tang clan (laughs) has a wu-tang clan tattoo and she shows her friend and she goes I got a tattoo of the Wu-Tang band. And she's like, it's the Wu-Tang clan, first of all. And why did you get it? And so she explains like... And she it's doesn't actually, know what it's called. No, she? it's actually like a really emotional moment because she was trying to cover up her kids' names that she had tattooed on her arm. And she thought okay. like people were going to sympathize and then she'd have to explain and always talk about her kids and like, oh, poor me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so... so earlier on like she got a cast taken off that was hiding the tattoo and she intentionally like broke her arm in a door to get this cast on just so she could hide it for longer um and so she's kind of having a bit of a breakdown with her friend okay and then her friend just goes i bought a trampoline (laughs) and then wu-tang clan music comes on a song that's like notoriously hard to to get yeah um well any Wu-Tang music is notoriously hard to get for TV just because they're very protective. Over A la Led Zeppelin. It's just hard to get yeah. the, the placements. Although Louis got it too, which is crazy. But yeah. Um, so they're just out in slow motion, jumping on this trampoline while this fast paced protect your neck, the jump off song plays by the Wu-Tang Clan. Wow. Yeah. It was like so enjoyable for me. Like I just love the weird places it's going. It's so strange. I think it's my favorite show ever. Yeah, no, I'm telling you, man. I, I had read that the experts who are on the inside had said this is a very special season yeah, of television. Yeah, I'm loving it. Yeah. Loving everything about it. Well, we'll keep coming back to it over the next few weeks. We'll do a leftovers check. Absolutely. I wanted to mention I watched the first episode of Bill Nye Saves the World. Oh, what'd you think? I liked it. Okay. Here's the thing. I, re- I enjoyed it a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure Bill Nye likes it. Interesting. There's, there's this weird contrast of the really bubbly friendly kids television personality we used to have in the 90s and this guy who still is very likable he's Mm -hmm. still got like his affable quality to him but 
he's also got an edge now right like he's he's very because he's kind of like fighting for climate change well and that's stuff the thing too. he's very he's very um he's very militant about science denial and so should he be yeah but he went on like the fourth or fifth hour of the today show the one with uh kathy lee and hoda copy i saw that yeah and she's taking a lot of heat she should she should she sucked she was so rude to bill Nye. kathy lee basically being like oh god shut up we gotta get back to she could not Hoda. have been more first of all no one really likes i mean obviously ratings would say that people do like kathy lee i guess the type of people that stay at home and watch yeah kathy lee yeah but i i can't i've never met a person who's who loves kathy She's like lee. a big kathy lee fan yeah yeah She's awful. No, I know. And I happen to think, and this is kind of a a stretch to compare the two, but I happen to think Kelly Ripa is one of the most talented television personalities in the world. Right. Like, she's not everyone's cup of tea, and that show is a little vanilla, but almost nobody is as natural as Kelly Ripa. Sure. Yeah. And Kathy Lee is so phony and lame. Yeah. You're right. And so I'm just not a fan. Anyway, so she had Bill Nye on the show last week, and it was, he was not comfortable, and he was mistreated. Um... And so I just kind of think all the bullshit gets to Bill Nye. Yeah. And there's a certain element of infantility and bullshit to his new show. But part of that is glamour that you just have to put in there in order to get people to watch. Like I don't like one of his correspondents is supermodel Carly Kloss. And okay. I don't believe for a minute she's an expert on rising sea levels in Venice, Italy. Right. But she's really nice to look at and she's very charming in it. So cool. why not put her on there and more people will watch the show? Yeah. Zach Braff was on the first episode too. Oh no way! So I should watch it. Yeah, no, you. I think you'd like it because cool. there's interesting stuff in it. Yep. But it's going to take a few more episodes for it to find its comfort zone. Okay. Which is natural. So, um, did you know that Tyler the Creator did the theme song for it? No, but that's cool. Yeah. You don't hear much about him lately. No, he's kind of been. He he has a song with Frank Ocean and Jay Z though. That's pretty huge. It's not. Who it's are not, those guys? It's not very popular. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, well, Kendrick's getting all the attention right now. Yeah. Great album. Damn. I forced myself to listen to albums like that, and I realized by like the fifth or sixth listen that I now am familiar with it and really like it. Man, that Harry Styles song only grows on me every time I hear it. Nice. It's a good song. Yeah. People were kind of ripping on him for uh, the bad finger lick that's kind of used. I didn't think it was that overt. It's not like Ed Sheeran with uh, No Scrubs. You think that one's overt? I think it's a little bit... Well, I think it's more overt anyway. The song is Shape of You. It kind of sounds a little bit like Ghost Grabs. He paid a lot of monies to make that lawsuit. I know. Away. And was just basically like there. All, There's another all, one. Ed Sheeran right. has been involved in a few different plagiarism lawsuits. Mm-hmm. And the way he spends money to make them go away is a little suspicious. The last one is for his song Photograph, which was a really big song. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds suspiciously like a song called Amazing. Called Photograph by Nickelback. <laughs> Yeah, not quite. By amazing, song, amazing by who? The song is called Amazing. The artist is named Matt Cardle, and he was like a contestant, maybe even a winner on like the X Factor or Britain's Got Talent or, okay. or one of those idol type shows. And it was his winning song. You know how they make you do like a cheesy single yeah, about yeah. achieving your dreams? Like, the song is called Amazing. Like right. If you heard the hook for Amazing, you would understand why Ed Sheeran paid $20 million to make it go away. Wow. Okay. So, so the thing about this Harry Styles song is that it's not really that like people on the internet, I think we're going crazy over it, but it's really just like one line from, you know, that baby blue song by bad finger. It was used in the last episode of, um, breaking uh, bad, breaking bad. Yeah. yeah, I know yeah, the song. Thank you. yeah. So there's like a small part in it. And I noticed when I was watching 
in Saturday Night Live too. But I'm like, he didn't rip off the whole the entire song. It's just well, this is the and maybe of, the guitar player just this is took the thing about this outrage litigious culture. Yeah, and pop music, it doesn't mix because there are cases of plagiarism, but there aren't many. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe for all Robin Thicke's flaws that he and Pharrell ripped off Marvin Gaye either. Right. There's just a finite combination of music notes in popular music that people are willing to play on the radio. Mm -hmm. And also maybe something was inspired by another song, but it wasn't intentional. Right. You know, Paul McCartney, one of his most famous stories is waking up one morning with scrambled eggs stuck in his head. Right. Da 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 da. And he goes to the band and says, where is this song? I've got this melody stuck in my head what is this song? And nobody knew it. Right. And that's how yesterday was written because as it turns out, it was uh, an original melody. Right. But just as well, it could have been a song he heard somewhere else. And maybe it was, maybe there's some guy in some British pub who's 80 now who wrote the original yesterday. Or maybe there's some like carnival somewhere where like when you go on the merry-go-round, you hear like, can you imagine if Paul McCartney at like 75 years old just went to the carnival? Oh, I used to, I used to love going to this carnival and he gets on the, like just hears this Oh no. Oh well. Don't tell anyone. He threatens the merry-go-round. I will pay you so much money. We uh, should get to the shows. We should get to the shows. All right. It's, it's your that's... turn to pick which one you want to summarize because we didn't do summaries last week. Okay. Um, I would like, in keeping with my theme of watching the new show and feeling more familiar with that, although I read the synopsis for the other show we did and I'm pretty comfortable with it because I've seen it four times. I want You didn't rewatch show. the Silicon Valley, Valley pilot? Dude, I couldn't find it online. Oh, I found it online. Did you? Yeah. Where? On a place online. <laughs> you don't want to incriminate yourself. Exactly. Right or anyone else either. <laughs> sure. That's fair. Um, I know I really tried. And I tried on my, my little piracy box. <laughs> <laughs> and that didn't work either. I don't know why because I watched the, four, the I'm first o- episode of the fourth season. I'm only fighting day. you because I could probably recap the other one much better. But it's totally up to oh, you. Oh, you think so? No, you got it. You okay. got it. So uh, you are going to recap Girl Boss, the new Netflix show premiered last Friday. Yes. You may begin in three two one go okay so there's this uh like 23 year old girl and it seems like she just doesn't care about anything she's <laughs> waiting for her big break which she doesn't know where it's going to come from and uh she gets fired from her job she's perpetually late she's kind of a, a know-it-all like the juno type that we were talking about last week and uh at the end of the show she realizes she can sell vintage clothing and make a bunch of money off it so it seems like that's where the show is going yeah, you did do it in 28 seconds, except you left out a lot of really important stuff. Did I? Well, like she got evicted. That's a really big thing. Well, her, I, she, her did whole, I say her life was a mess? You said her life was a mess. Well, I feel like the I was whole, trying to encompass everything. It was the 28 whole thing seconds. About uh, her father trying to reel her in and get her back on a straight and narrow path, and she has dinner with him, and, yeah. and she kind of just bails on the dinner. Mm hmm. I also equated her to that uh, girl know it all specifically type? female archetype of girl who has too many answers in her little here's brain. A, here's a question I had for you. Okay, how insane did this girl drive you through the whole? I show? hated her. Yeah, I, I loathed her. I knew you would, and she doesn't get better. She doesn't redeem herself in the second or third episode, which I watched. Oh, I'm gonna watch some more, and it's it's a good one. Like honestly, the show overall isn't terrible, but she. The way that she acts in the show, and I don't mean her as an actor, because I think she does a pretty good job, but like 
it's kind of loathsome to have a character like that. She is not very winning. You're right, because there's a charm to Juno yeah. and Emma Stone from Easy A, and these, these girls that just have all the answers, mm-hmm. and they're almost wiser than the adults around them. But but Juno wasn't entitled. I think that, nope. that's the big difference. That's right. Is this girl seems like the entire world's against her. It's like you're living in San Francisco, and you probably could do something if you actually were like disciplined in any way. And I know that's part of the character, but it just drives me crazy to watch. The thing I do like about the show is there's so many weird character actors in it yep. that are their dialogue is so funny. Jim Rash. Jim Rash. Yep. Amazing when yep. he's talking about eating queen bees. He sells like, her to, this leather jacket, which is like the impetus for her realizing that she could start a used clothing empire on the internet. Yeah. Yeah, and I should have included that. That was yeah. one of the other basic things that I didn't include. Yeah, it's kind of the inciting action of the series. <laughs> well, listen, I was trying. I realized that the reason I never get to the end is because I get stuck on. Or the reason I never Little get details. through it in thirty seconds is because I'm like, and her dad's kind of mad sitting at the dinner table because she's got this rug and she's. Is that Hank, by the and, way, from Breaking Bad? Yes, it is. Yeah. So he's in it in the third episode. Norm's in it as like a museum curator. Like for Cheers. No, sorry, Norm MacDonald. Oh, yeah, Norm MacDonald. Yeah. That's amazing. He's really funny. The most preposterous thing in the whole episode, and there were a few things, uh-huh. was the way she steals that area rug. Right. That and, was ridiculous. And just gets away with it. You know, there were, like, in the very beginning, did you kind of think, oh, yeah, this seems like it kind of has, well, she kind of has the Forrest Gump moment with that old lady, and the old lady says, like, you sound like an idiot. That was funny. Yep. That was cool. I thought the first... The first image of her stubbornly pushing the car up the hill in spite of all the people who were annoyed by her. In San Francisco. Yeah, I thought that illustrated her as very plucky. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of like, that's that's a good summation of the character, although she didn't have to be hateful also. Right. I did want to ask you how you feel about what was then represented in that park bench moment with the old lady. How do you feel about this idea that millennials are entitled and lazy and aimless? I just think that it's not even necessarily just millennials because they've been fed all this stuff about like follow your passion and yep. like keep changing course and like don't and and it's just not realistic. No. Like a lot of the life goals that people set they're like I just want to be like inspired and mm. go and well you know what like have a little discipline like make some money do you got to wake up early sometimes. You can't yep. wake up at noon every day and and expect your life to just fall into place. Yeah. You know, you got to go out there and get it a little bit. But there's two ways of looking at it. There is the school of thought that working at Starbucks Mm -hmm. while you try to sustain yourself in your writing career or something is being too stubborn and unrealistic Mm -hmm. to get by in life. You could also say that willing to work a Joe job like Starbucks in order to do the thing that makes you happy is admirable. Right. So it's kind of different views on the exact same thing. And it's, it's not even really that that drives me crazy. Like... Even if she is does feel like, oh, I got to keep doing my thing until I find my big break, that's kind of okay. But, like, she's kind of a jerk while doing it all. Well, that's, that's I think, the issue. You know, she's not even nice to the guy that she meets. Right. <laughs> she's kind of a, like, later on in she's the series, nice too. She's not nice to anybody in the first episode. Yeah, and th- there's a part in the third episode. I'm glad they're acknowledging it because they're walking and she's just, like, talking about herself. Yeah. And the guy that she's with says... She's like, but what about you? And he's like, oh, that's the first question you've asked me in like the six hours we've been hanging out. Well, and that's okay. It's okay yeah. to have dramatically flawed characters. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, I think they do a good job of showing that because she's, it's based on a book, right? 
Okay, you want to talk about what it's based on? Okay. It's based on a memoir mm-hmm. called Hashtag Girl Boss okay. by, I have her name written down here. It's just kind of a difficult name to remember. Sophia Amoruso. The character's name is Sophia in the show, but I think she has a different last name in the show because it's a very loose adaptation right. of what actually happened. The thing about Sophia Amoruso is she is one of the richest self-made women in the world. Really? She has a net worth of over $20 million. Whoa. She started a website called Nasty Gal Fashion. Okay. Do you know Nasty Gal? No, but it was originally conceived on eBay uh, in the same way this show seems to be kind of setting off the idea of selling fashionable clothes. Spoiler alert. It goes like exactly that way. Of course. Like they, even to the name. Here's the thing. Uh, They use Nasty Gal. They use Nasty Girl, I think. (laughs) Like they had a few names through the episode and then they finally settled on Nasty Girl. And maybe Jen misheard that because I came out. Jen's like, guess what she finally called it? Yeah. And I said, what? And she said, Nasty Girl. Yeah. I was like, that's an awful name. Like she was like turning over the whole time about like, well, what should I call it? Oh, I know. Nasty girl. I have it written here. It's like, it's nasty gal vintage. The real, nasty, the real yeah. one. Very, very successful company. Yeah. Or so we thought last November, poor timing for this show that had clearly already been well underway. Right. Last November, they filed for chapter 11 bankruptcy. Oh, God. They've also been involved in a number of lawsuits in which four different female employees of the company claimed they were fired for becoming pregnant. And it's just in general got a reputation for being a highly toxic work environment. Oh, wow. I believe so, it. This Sophia might be a a bit of a pill in real life. Sure. <laughs> it seems that way. Well, you saw the the scene from her working in the shoe store. Yeah. And she steals she, her boss's sandwich she steals and doesn't her boss's, feel sorry. No. If she's anything like that in real life, I would never want to meet her. No. She sounds like an awful human. Yeah, I know. I, I know. It's it's a show that's being described by critics as a crass com. This is a new term they're trying to... Interesting. So the idea is it's kind of the antithetical... Um, sitcom Mm -hmm. girls would be an example of a crass com not because it's a a comedy that's crass but because her apartment sucks instead of her apartment being idyllic sure and she's she's flawed in ways that make you actually unsure of whether or not you like her not just in flawed not just flawed in ways that are kind of cute right you know the way like monica and rachel are yeah um and so crass com is the new term they're kind of throwing out there and i think that's what they're going for. So it's not a criticism to call it that. But one of the main criticisms critically of the show is that it's, what's the term they use? Cause I want to get it right. Uh, and it's got to do with the feminism uh, agenda of the show. Agenda is a harsh word. Feminist fraud is what a lot of people are calling it. Okay. A show that claims to, to be all about female empowerment when really it's kind of going about it the wrong way. And I can't speak to that mm-hmm. as a man who's been conditioned by male-driven media. Right. What's the cat doing behind me? Uh, she's scratching at a door <laughs> and possibly a bag. Get out of there. <laughs> Get out of that bag. A, a, a show that I would I would maybe label as feminist fraud from a male perspective, and that's all I have, mm-hmm. is Supergirl. Because okay. I watched a few episodes of that, and yeah, it was kind of fun and exciting. And Melissa Benoit, who's the, the Supergirl, <laughs> um, she's very winning in it. But this is supposed to be like the young girl's opportunity to see a, a badass superhero who's a girl in a cape and she's the star. But Supergirl's friggin' boy crazy through the whole series. Oh, uh, yeah. So that's, I know what you mean. that's kind of backwards. Yeah. Now, the thing about this girl is she's just like 
she's really pulling the strings on her partner yeah or this guy that she's kind of seeing like they go out for this huge six hour date okay and then he's like wow like, it was a really great date with you and she's like this wasn't a date okay and you're he's like man this is bullshit and she's like whatever get over it he's becoming a bit of a trope too yeah to offset the the drummer in the band uh, he is the drummer in the band. Yeah, I, I just, I just mean like the guy who is, but that in, is in, like inexplicably interested in this girl who's guarded and mean to him, and he is unflawed. Right, he's just, a, he's just a nice guy who's giving her endless amounts of his patience. Yeah, even though he wouldn't, and she keeps being like, eh, whatever. She keeps blowing care. him off. Yeah, but he sees something in her. I know. It sucks. Yeah. It really sucks. That's part of the show that like, and I don't hate the show. That's the weirdest thing about it. I yeah. just, and I don't think I would hate her as an, I don't think I do hate her as an actor. No. Brit, Brit what's her name? Brit something. She's been in a lot of things. She's got like 45 IMDb credits and yeah. she's only 27. Like there's times where I'm like, oh, I kind of like the way I've never been really like polarized. Like, uh, can I just back up and say, I apparently memorized her IMDb, but not her last name. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, anyway. I, I, I've never really felt this way about a certain character where I kind of like some of the things that they're doing. I, I guess except for like Game of Thrones when you're really meant to to dislike or kind of like and dislike things that they're doing. Whereas with her, I think you're not, I think you're just meant to like her overall and not be like, oh, she's a really shitty person. I don't know. I don't know. I kind Maybe of, I kind of equated that. to girls a little bit. I think you're supposed to feel conflicted about these massively flawed and kind of unlikable characters but i also take the same umbrage with girls which is this show about privilege that kind of uh it kind of points a lot of blame at a whole generation for a thing that's not necessarily our fault which, i guess I just, which is entitlement i sure i guess i just mean that some of the things that she says that i think are even supposed to be funny i don't find funny but then right. other lines i'm like okay you kind of won me back with that a little let bit. me ask you were they trying to withhold the era in which the show was set until the end no they said early on that it was uh in 2006 i missed that okay because it wasn't until the last five minutes when she pulls out her laptop it's it's that old blue clamshell macbook that was really popular right. 10 12 years ago um and i was like oh we're just finding out now that that this is where eBay is. Well, she's using like a Nokia and stuff. Nokia like brick phone. Yeah, that's show. right. They showed her text message and yeah. it was on a weird phone. Yeah. yeah. I think it's actually kind of overt. Yeah, I, I guess I just was, I, maybe I was watching it too passively, although I made some observations, but it, uh, yeah, I just kind of thought maybe it was like uh, This Is Us where they were hiding the era right. of the show until <laughs> they were going to actually set the show on its way. That would be, that would be kind of weird. Like, oh, wait. It was 11 years ago all along. Like <laughs> You're this, right. That wouldn't be very this strong. This Is Us was like a juicy reveal. <laughs> it was. Yeah. Man, that season's over. Eh? And you continue to like that I show? I watched the whole season. It was so good. Just one season? Yeah. That's all that there is so far? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my mom and sister it love it. It was such like, a good people show. Are all... It was so... Your sister uh -huh. would probably really connect with, with the Kevin character who's like left mainstream Hollywood to be in New York theater. And he's like trying to uh, help this little play that could get off the ground. And he's like befriended the playwright who's just an up and comer. Oh, so like your sister would probably identify with that character and that storyline. Cool. 
Yeah, I mentioned she's writing for some web series this year. She's pretty excited about That's that. That's really cool. Yeah. With the guy from The Spin Doctors. There's definitely a guy from The Spin Doctors who is in part of it. Now, can I say this? You had said yesterday when you were telling me about this, something that kind of alluded to the fact that you're not a big Spin Doctors fan. <laughs> no. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> you got me. Yeah. Not a I, find, I, only, I only bring that up. Because I happen to know you're a really big Third Eye Blind fan. I'm a huge Third and Eye I Blind fan. And I find that really backwards. <laughs> third Eye Blind compared no, to the no, Spin Doctors. No, not backwards. Third Eye Blind had a catalog the... and at least multiple singles. I think that Two Princes could pass for a Third Eye Blind song. Third Eye Blind has a best of album. You know, third Eye Blind, to their credit, wrote about some pretty edgy stuff in their in their happy little tunes. Totally. Jumper is about someone jumping off a building. Semi-term life is about meth addiction. Yeah, because the, the uh, thank you. Yeah, there's a lot of deep songs by Third Eye Blind Suites. You got to just listen to the best of. Come back to me next week and tell me what you think. <laughs> All right, I'll do that. Um, so Girl Boss, I kept watching it. Well, there you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the next one. I kept watching it. And I think Jen said, "Oh my God, I hate this girl. She's the worst person in the world." And also continued to watch it with me. Sometimes and I think you, continued to watch it after I left. Sometimes you hate watch stuff. Sometimes yeah. it's kind of cathartic to watch characters you dislike. But again, Jim Jim Rash hilarious and it. Like it's always place she goes to like the doctor's office. Yeah. And now is Jim Rash Jim Rash back? Yeah, he's he's in it a couple times. Okay, because so she, she goes just keeps to the going store to, to buy it. Yeah. Store. yeah. RuPaul lives near her in the first episode. Did you oh, catch that? Oh, no, I didn't. That was RuPaul. That was RuPaul. Yeah. Okay. And then later on in the series, she goes to like a drag bar, and I think it might be RuPaul singing up on stage. Maybe. Huh. Crazy. So RuPaul is, is dressed as a man in the show. Yes. Okay. I believe so. Right, right, yeah. right. Cool. Um, well, that's, yeah, I, I think I'll, I might watch it a little bit more. It has good Netflix ratings. Like I mean, it's, it's the big one, right? Like, and it also was strategically put out just after 13 Reasons Why, which has everybody super down. So that was just put out this week. Friday, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, 13 Reasons Why I haven't finished yet, but I'm seeing people post statuses about it. Like, that what did you do, Clay? That and I like people, people are talking about it at work like crazy. Yeah. Like I was in the lunchroom today and the way these like middle-aged women are talking about how like I, I can't believe Justin did what he did to Rachel. Oh, really? <laughs> it's so silly. Wow. I know. God, maybe we got to get into it. Maybe uh, no, I'm not going to. No. Okay. No, it's too sad. Um. And I guess we should get into the other show. I guess, man, it's gonna be hard for me to recap this episode because a lot happens in it. So Silicon Valley is the other one. We already said that. This is, I guess, our podcast about startups. Okay. Wait. Um, wait. Wait. Online startups. I got to get my. Uh my timer out here jesus i don't even remember how it how it opens like, i don't even remember the opening scene no i do oh i'm setting it for uh minutes right now one second. okay all right okay this is great radio i have the stopwatch on count me down I'm please about to hit start in three two one it's a show with this group of guys and they all seem to be like programmers and and internet creative types and it starts out at this big fancy silicon valley party they all live under tj miller's roof he's what you call an incubator he takes a percentage of a company to let you live in his house for free they own pied piper which is a compression company suddenly these two enormous uh, tech companies a la facebook and google are vying for pied piper one offers a lot of money the other offers very little money and creative control yeah that was pretty good it was pretty good i left out the fact that he chose the latter he he chose the the 
much smaller payout. Yeah, and that he was working for Hooli, which is kind of like the Google that um, evil Google. That yeah, yeah. That essentially, um, he like he gets made fun of there, and it's not yeah. not a nice place for him to work. And the app that he makes, or the he. He, so what he's what he's initially created is uh, Pied Piper uh-huh. is a compression company. So the idea is that you can store a bunch of computer data um, in a very small capacity. But originally, it was without like, damaging the the quality of the content. But originally, it was like an anti. It was for songwriters. It was it was it was, a, it was for for musicians. Right. Okay. Um, but it's brought up by by Gavin Belson or whatever, right. one of those characters um, that he doesn't realize what he's sitting on. This could be taken Which over is the for, algorithm. The, for the business. This algorithm could be applied to business right. and it could save billions of dollars. Right. Um, so yeah, there are, there are two uh, Silicon Valley big wigs. One's like a hotshot who offers him 10 million bucks for his company. Mm-hmm. The other one is this like kind of weirdo savant type character yep. who offers him, I think 400 grand, for five percent and full creative control, I think it's two hundred grand. Yeah, yeah, maybe it is. It's very little compared to the other offer, and he takes that. Right. The problem that the show couldn't, that Mike Judge couldn't have foreseen, is that that actor died of lung cancer five yeah. episodes later. Right. So was they it had to, five episodes later I I during production of episode season. five. Wow. And so he, they had to rewrite all of season two. Mm-hmm. I haven't kept up past season two. I, I liked it, and then I watched the first episode of season three, and it just didn't really hook me, and then I kind of got busy with my life. Right. Was season two where they have Russ Hanneman? Yeah. <laughs> I love that, that character. Yeah. And he continues to be in the show Good. through a little bit, which he was in the first episode of the fourth season. Which, what do you make of the charge uh, that the third season is starting to show its sophomore slump, that it's, it's starting to appear they're in a real formula? Yeah, I was... Uh, after watching the third season, yeah, I definitely felt like okay, we I don't think we really got anything out of the season besides like some laughs. Yeah. As far as the story goes, it didn't progress a whole lot. I think this season, based on the first episode, there's a lot more going on. It's a one step forward, two steps back momentum. Yeah. In that they have this incredible opportunity and it seems like they're finally going to make it and then something gets screwed up and they're even they're even worse off than they were before and right. i remember you and i discussing last year that it would have been wise maybe mm-hmm. for them to have a season where they're worth 100 million dollars right and they like it kind of happens for a second with some yeah. characters yeah, yeah. like y- you know bigetti being the main reason for is that is he still in it he is, yeah. He wasn't in it a whole lot in the second season at no, all. No, yeah. But then in the third season, he's pretty prominent. It's really critically considered to be one of the best comedies on television. Yeah, I love it. It's very good. Mike Judge, who also did... Um, Beavis and Butthead, Office Space. Uh, he, yeah, and King of the Hill. He uh, he actually was a computer programmer in si- Silicon Valley. Yeah, it's, appara- it's apparently a little bit autobiographical, except it's modernized. And he said... It's kind of office space for the modern age. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely In is. fact, I think Silicon Valley was originally conceived as a film. Oh, cool. I could see that. But you know what? I think it leaves more of a legacy as a TV show. Yeah, it's easier to flesh it out. What's funny is how many amazing comedians there are in it. Like, oh. like Kumail Nanjiani is so funny. Yep. Um, 
Martin Starr is like a great comedic actor, but uh, T.J. Miller. Miller's huge, and yep. Thomas Middleditch is like one of the funniest people. And they he's underplay so funny. how funny he is he's in the, the show. Straight man in the show, like he is. Yeah, he's one of the straightest men, he, yeah. and he's kind of just always reacting to other people. Saying I crazy find shit. Zach Woods so funny. He is really. Funny. I find him so he's, funny. He is one of the funniest parts of the show. I think. Yeah. yeah, he's way funnier in this to me than he was in The Office. Yeah, that's fair. Because he's got such a weird, like, mysterious um, history. Yeah. Like, he speaks German in his sleep, and no one, well, they never explore why. He's not a dissimilar character, except for that he was very insecure in the office. Right. And he's not insecure in Silicon Valley. Right. He's kind of confident in himself, even though he's bizarre. Or do I have that read wrong? Um, he's kind of like a combination between what he was in the office and Dwight Schrute. Yeah. Like he's got like an undying. But Dwight is very confident. He sure, yeah, I guess so. But like he's 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 timid, but also has the utmost love and um loyalty and respect mm. for uh Thomas Middleditch's character. Yes. What's his name in it? Richard Richard. <sighs> Richard it's a cool last name. I remember hearing a last name last night and going, Oh, he wouldn't have that last name. Richard it's like Heathcliff or something. Richard it starts with an H. It definitely does. Harris Richard. Richard. See if I can get it before I find it. Okay. Richard. Richard. Richard Hendricks. Richard I didn't Hendricks. get there yet. You think Hendricks is that cool of a last name? Jimmy? I guess so. But it's it's not with an X. It's no, I guess not. You're right. That does lose some cool points. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Um, Hendricks would be like such a cool middle name now that we're talking about it. Matthew Hendricks Slaney. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. Man, that's badass. What is your middle name? You have a cool middle name. Yeah, but it's not like intentionally cool. It's it's, a, it's actually not even really a cool middle name. It's just a strange middle name. Will you tell us? Yeah, sure. It's Lewis. <laughs> that's right. one of them. Okay. Okay, so far, so good. You have two middle the names. The second one is Claver. Claver, yeah. Where Lewis does that come Clavers. from? <laughs> it was my grandfather's, your grandfather's name. name. And apparently he was a patron saint. Oh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Mine, mine is just Joseph. There's several Josephs in my family. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's tradition. Yeah. That's cool. Um, but you haven't watched any more of the third season. No, and I may as well. I may as well get into it. In fact, I should just get a hold of as much of it as I can before I go to Florida because I got a lot of big travel days coming up. Totally. That would be good. Um, and like I say, I really liked the fourth episode, and it was really funny too. The, the fourth season, first episode. Fourth season, first episode. Yeah, it just premiered the, the other day. Actually, it's had a bit of a soft launch this season, I think. Yeah. You haven't heard a whole lot of promotion of it? No, I, when I was Googling, there was a lot of recaps, like Vulture recaps and A couple stuff, of the though. guys were uh, a panel guest on Talking with Chris Hardwick the other night. Have you oh, watched this cool. at all? No, I haven't. They've been releasing them as Nerdist podcasts, which is amazing. And they're good? They're great, yeah. Nice. Now, they only had uh, Martin Starr and Thomas Middleditch and Zach Woods. Right. Um, so I was definitely missing TJ and Kumail mm -hmm. and Chris asked Martin Starr a freaks and geeks question and it was awkward. Oh, uh, he's a dick about it. Martin Starr was. Yeah. Yeah. He's Is that what I said. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of a dick about something like there was one episode of, I heard of him on comedy bang bang and it seemed like he was kind of intentionally being a dick. Yeah. And then you kind of realize like when he's when he's with all the guys and he's not quite like with all the guys from the show yeah and he's kind of sitting back and just l more laughing at them then yeah. he's a he's better to have around than yeah. when you're asking him direct questions because he's he did he give some like kind of sarcastic joke response it wasn't it wasn't 
sarcastic. It was just, I don't want to be answering this question. So I don't remember what it was exactly, oh. but like Chris was like, you know, was that a wonderful experience for you? And he's like, yeah, it was fine. Oh and that's yeah. All it was. Yeah. I know. You know he's, he's definitely answered that way about a few things. And to be or fair, like, like he, he would say, like he would mix in some joke, like, yeah, I loved how, you know, they didn't kill my character off or anything. Yeah. Like, okay. Stuff like that. To know? be fair, I wouldn't want to be constantly asked about and namely known for a thing I did when I was 15. Right. And I think that's part of why he ended up growing out his beard and hair to look completely yeah. different from probably from Bill Haverchuk. Yeah. Yeah. That is one of the great characters ever though. Man. <laughs> it's so weird. It's such a good character. Yeah. You feel bad for him as soon as you see him in the show. Oh yeah. And in Judd Apatow's book, uh, sick in the head, which you would like, you should borrow. Yeah, sure. Um, he's doing another one. He's doing a second sick in the head. Great. He talked about how, because there's a whole chapter on Freaks and Geeks where they interview basically everyone who was involved. He oh, talked cool. about how when he when he first made, when he and Paul Feig made the scene where Bill comes home and he's a latchkey kid, so he comes home and the house is empty and he watches like Merv Griffin or like... No, he watches um, uh, stand-up from... Uh, You're right, Gary D- Shanley. Gary Shanley, He watches yeah. Gary Shanley. You're right, because Judd Apatow loved Gary Shanley. Yeah. He watches Gary Shanley and there's just this... Uh, I think one by the who it's just like a very soft sweet sure. acoustic song. He's eating a grilled cheese sandwich and he's just laughing his head off. Yeah. Uh, I forget who it was, but it might've been Paul, Paul Feig told Judd Apatow, this is the best thing you've ever made. Yeah. At the time. Right. Um, well, it's true. When you watch that scene, like I remember feeling so many weird things, like feeling bad for him, but yeah. also feeling really happy that but it's he was joy. just enjoying it's the it. Most, the yeah. most joy Bill ever shows in that show, yeah. but is also an inherent sadness to coming home, being by yourself, being and alone, having and to make it, and being a kid, but having to make your own grilled cheese sandwich, yeah. and and getting the most joy you possibly can out of being alone. Yeah. And so you're right. There was like a real multi-dimension to that scene. Mm-hmm. So good for you, Martin Starr. You pulled it off. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I have a whole lot else. What would you do if you were in uh, Richard Hendrick's situation and you were offered either $10 million or 200 grand? I would go $10 million so quick. Me too. I, I would not even second guess it. As nope. soon as someone gave me any figure in the million, I would try to sell and then move on to something else. Yeah. As soon as someone offered me millions of dollars for something, I will sell and Such move on. Such a big part of my life is the fear that I'm I'm going to lose my ability to sustain myself. Like yeah. for a long time, I've been okay. Yeah. But like I would, I'm so terrified of the idea of not being able to provide for myself. So if sure. someone say it said ten million dollars, you don't worry about that. That would go away forever. What about Evan Spiegler who t- who turned down one billion dollars for Snapchat from uh, Mark Zuckerberg? See, I think I think he has a real clinical narcissism problem i think so for doing that like it's one thing if like money really doesn't matter to you and and snapchat is your baby and it matters more to you that like you wouldn't sell your child for a billion dollars and if if he feels about it that way then then fine Mm -hmm. but he is a businessman and he did it to to because he send a message as big as facebook yeah and he has more than a billion dollars now so i guess it wasn't a bad move but it cut a lot of publicity but i would but why do you need more than a billion dollars i guess if you just want to keep working on it then then that's i just answered my own question but man give me a billion dollars i know it's vulgar but i just there's a very real part of me that that believes that if i had enough money to not have to work again oh i wouldn't yeah you know what i mean <laughs> sure like I, I don't know if like i think that it's important to keep yourself busy you'd and give find your, stuff and to do have passions and like devote yourself to charities or just like having hobbies that you really feel strongly sure. towards 
I'm the but this idea now. that like oh, if I won the lottery, I don't think I'd give up my job. Like that screw that. Are you kidding? Right. Or I'd keep doing my job and it would never bother me. <laughs> you know, like it would yeah, never like just never be stressed no one. Out about no it. one could get on my nerves totally. at work. That's know? when I find you you're doing the best is like when when you feel like you've got something else on the go. Yeah. Like, oh, there's a possibility that I'll just make a bunch of money doing something else. And then like you end up enjoying your job more because you're less stressed out about it because you have this other thing. Maybe. You know, say, say it's like a side business and you make 10 grand in a weekend. You go to work on Monday and you don't feel like, oh, I don't want to be here. You feel like, man, I'm indestructible because I don't care because I just made 10 grand on this thing. Yeah, that's really interesting. You know, that's probably true. But I don't think that that's a universal ideology. No, no. I think especially in like, like startup culture, Mm -hmm. there's this idea that you have to be doing the next thing or incubating your next brilliant idea. But I also think the thing that Silicon Valley lampoons better than anything else. I think the main joke of the show is shining a spotlight on how ludicrous is this um, hoity-toity, we're going to save the world uh, right. philosophy. Sure. None of you are are here to make the dolphins live longer. Right. None the, of you. The CEO of, uh, if I can give like, it's not even really, really a spoiler. It's just a funny thing that the CEO of Hooli does in the first episode of the fourth season, which is... He kind of like co-appoints another uh, like main Hooli guy and they get in a private jet after this big deal. And he's like, oh, drop me off in Jackson Hole first. And he's like, well, if you could actually drop me off in San Fran first and they're arguing about which which uh, place it would be quicker to go. And then afterwards he sets his personal assistant to fly to China <laughs> and back to see like but you need to do it five times and we need to average it. And he's yeah. like, are you concerned at all about the money that you're wasting in, in uh, gas or in fuel costs doing this? And he's like, yeah, the fact that we stopped there, wasted our sock payers so much money that, uh, that we need to like find out for sure who was, who was right there. Right. And it's just totally backwards. It's like one of the big dick move, totally. it's just an ego move. And it's kind of like, He's kind of supposed to be the Steve Jobs in it a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And at one point, he's rock star, tech industry guy. Yeah, yeah. And at one point in the first season, he got, he has like an Indian consultant who's basically yes. like the Maharishi. He's, he's like and, life guru. He's coach. Exactly. Yeah. And he turns to him. He's like, "Am I just surrounded by sycophants?" <laughs> and the guy's like, "No, you're fantastic." <laughs> he's just the biggest yes person. Yes, That's exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, would you give your S to this show? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Of course you would. Me I too. think I would to both, honestly, because I continued to watch Girl Boss, and it had some moments of real. And I'm so like torn up about it. I don't know how to feel. I think that you're probably re- reacting the way they want you. They to. want you to. I don't want to know Sophia Amoruso in mm-hmm. person. Sophia Amoruso reminds good. me of someone that I do know in real life, and it drives me insane. Really? Watching it. Like, yeah, I could almost enjoy it more if I didn't know this person. Oh, okay. I think maybe everybody knows somebody who has some of those qualities. Yeah, who just expects the world to be handed to them. Or I've heard it said that the people who frustrate you the most are the people who exhibit qualities that you're ashamed of in yourself. We've talked about this before, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a pretty popular theory, too. And maybe maybe it's true. Maybe I exhibit those things, but I sure 
as hell hope I don't. I don't think you're you're an entitled brat at all. Good. Thank I actually, actually think you're the least like that for millennials because you're always like reading self-help books and stuff. Like you're taking the 21st I, century I think that's approach very, to, to, to man-making yourself. I but. think reading self-help books is also very millennially. It is, but it's proactive. It's not just sitting around and waiting for... Because a sure. big thing in Girl Boss is this idea of dreams. Like she says to her dad, like, I haven't achieved my dream yet. Well, what's your dream? I don't know. Right. I don't think that's exactly what the line was. But the idea is she's just waiting around for the thing to fall into her lap instead of taking action. Right. And that's that's only half of millennials. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And But I mean, I even feel that sometimes. Where I'm like, wait, why do I deserve to be making more money? I don't. <laughs> I guess. That's that would not be a, a good attitude to have in Silicon Valley. That's for sure. No, that's true. <laughs> I would always want to be making more money. Okay, so four S's. Four S's. Two weeks in a row. Four S's. Yeah. Uh, what was the second show last week? Thirteen Reasons Why and and uh, Mystery Science. Oh, right. I don't think I gave my S. No, you did not give. No, it must be the S. week before. I think we gave one and or two and a half. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because yeah, I yeah. gave a half. Oh, because we did like the leftovers the week before. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, I'm going to go to Florida. Okay. I won't see you next week. All right. See ya. Yeah, your plane's uh, waiting outside. Oh, they're fueling up now. (laughs) Okay, let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Never. I just wanted to let you live with that and not respond in any way. Yeah, you're right. I had to, I had to suffer through that. <laughs> you say the sign off because I always say it. Never trust Will Smith. <laughs>